You're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. You're listening to SWOTOR Reforged. Swotor Reforged is brought to you by TweetAudio.com, affordable earbuds for your smartphone or MP3 device, engineered for awesome sound clarity and durability, starting at $19.95. Choose from four styles and six different colors. Use the code off the record for 30% off, free shipping, and a lifetime warranty, all at TweetAudio.com. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of SWOTOR Reforged. I am your host, Jedi Master Evarwin. Get yourself up on this ship, it's about to take off. And as always, here is the one and only, my number two on this ship, Lewis, the Lore Master Olan. Hello, Evarwin. Hello, Hello everyone in the chat room. I don't think these straps are working correctly. If we hit light speed, I am definitely flying to the back of the cockpit here. <laughs> so not cool. Well, strap yourself in, and uh, we are we are off. So, um, and and just to even show you that we're off, um, I've I've got ourselves a uh, a uh, a little noise here to, to to jump to light speed. Here we go. And we may never do this again on that show. <laughs> Next time, I'm just going to tie the straps to myself. <laughs> this buckle system, it sucks. Okay. <laughs> Who built this thing? Ewoks? Yeah, Ewoks. Um, Fred's not going to be here today, unfortunately. Um, we're not sure if he fell asleep in front of his computer, like that old Minecraft episode, or... <laughs> Um, or if he's sick, uh, we know that last last night apparently um, he was really really sick. He was up all night, so hopefully he is at home asleep, getting the rest that he he so badly needs. And um, believe believe me, we're gonna we are going to feel his loss on this on this episode. So um, you know, sorry to see you. you're not here, Fred. We uh, we do miss you a whole lot. Yes, we do, Fred. We really hope you're sick and you're not just moving a couch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> that 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 obscure couch reference. <laughs> yes, I had to I had to bring that up again. So uh, this is the part of the show where we like to talk about our in-game awesomeness. And uh, last, uh, as I as I crack my back <laughs> furiously, um, that jump to light speed really h- hitched me up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you um, messed you up, hey. I hit the back wall of the cockpit. Yeah, well, uh, it's good that you didn't strap the, the seatbelt around your throat like the last episode. That was that was awkward. That was awkward. Um, so, all right. Last last episode, we kind of stunk up the show with our fail, and uh, <laughs> Liz had to bail us out <laughs> with all of that. Um, so, Lou, how'd you do this weekend game? I've been busy doing really? a lot of stuff. I've been playing. Well, uh, let me just pad that with, make sure everyone knows. As everyone knows, I am a unapologetic alcoholic. <laughs> so, the past week I have been paying a lot of attention to my lower level alts. Very nice. Oh, before yeah. before we kind of like get into some of the uh, 
the uh, blue milk and death sticks over here with your weekend game. Mm. Let me um, let me just let me just just bring this up and say that the the merger um, between our servers, okay, that that whole thing occurred, right, Lou? We're, yes, uh, it did. We're now on Jedi Covenant. Um, how do you feel? How do you feel about all that? Because I know we 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 spoke about it last week. And now that we've kind of had like a week to kind of just soak our feet in this higher population thing, um, which may or not may or may not bring up um, you know I- interesting images for the, for all the listeners in, right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, how did how how has it been for you? Like, how does that experience after a full week involved with that? How has that turned out for you? Well, there have been most of it has been good. All right. Um, I'd say if to get a percentage wise, about ninety nine percent of it has been awesome. Okay, I I have no problems with mm-hmm. huge population on the server and people are all around you enjoying the game and you know just seeing you know, that's always I always I feel good about that. Yeah. Um I'll tell you just a little one... while ago before we started, you know, doing the live stream, I actually was in game uh, around four o'clock our time. Oh okay? were you? You know, yeah, I was in Terrace. <sighs> I was on Terrace. It was at work. Yeah, and I actually was about to send you a text saying it's 4:04 in the afternoon. Ha 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 ha, loser! You're at work and I'm I'm playing tour. (laughs) Yeah, I'm on Terrace, and there are over a hundred. There are 175 people on Terrace at four in the afternoon. Wow, wow! Are you kidding me? Oh, on the fleet, it was just about you know almost 200. Yeah, see, I'm. I was listening to the uh, to the episode that we did last week, last Monday, and I said something that that I thought was off when I was saying it because and I said this like basically there was like 200 some odd people in in the uh, in the fleet um, or maybe it was I don't I forget the number, but it's basically the way I kind of came off was like I didn't really notice a higher population and um which was weird because like things kind of felt like there was just more more players in the server. Like it just you know there was a little lag here and there. There was uh you know more I was noticing more people on the planet, so it was a little odd for me. But I you know I still wanted to accurately you know report what I had actually noticed. What I didn't think to check on at the time was how many instances of the fleet were there. And yes, I've, you know, like didn't that kind of come off a little odd last week to you because it. it it did to me, and then I noticed that like this whole week, there's been now we I play Republic almost exclusively, um, so and that's that's generally like the less populated, the less populated side. Um, on our on on my fleet, there's been two instances of that fleet. One was completely full. The other one had like 236 on there. Wow, which is huge for a republic fleet. I have never seen those numbers since probably probably December, to be honest. Like not even in January was was it like that. I think that we'd still had two instances of the fleet back in January, beginning of January, but it was not like the second one was not like 200 some odd um players. It was it was like low ones, low mm-hmm. 100. So um, I just wanted to like clarify that. I, I I know I cut you off. I'm sorry. What um? So please continue your thought. Like what were you what were you saying? <laughs> no 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 no. I remember that as well because I remember um, uh, feeling the same way mm-hmm. and not realizing you know that 
I, I never really check the instances of the map of whatever planet I'm on or if I'm at the fleet. Right. You know, and ever since, again, the, the, the new move, the new merger that happened last week, I've been noticing a lot of instances being generated. Yeah. Which to me is a good thing. That just means, you know, a lot of people are there. The subscribers are there. The players are there enjoying the game. Yeah. And, you know, screw the Doom's hairs. <laughs> <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Yes. However, the one thing I am going to say is that I hope Bioware at this time will we'll see what's actually happening. Uh, a lot that's uh, happening on these worlds, especially where there are where the quests are. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to use one case in point: the the dailies. Yeah, I think I know what you're okay. trying to get at. Yeah, the dailies on uh, in the black hole on Corellia. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. One of the dailies there. One of the stages that you reach, you actually have to collect, or I'm sorry, sabotage these weapons crates that are all around the area. Yeah. And unfortunately, not unfortunately, but the way the area is designed, it's very it's not small, but it's you know it's it's compact, and you know these boxes obviously have a spawn time. Yeah, there's just not and, enough of them. Yeah, not enough of them. And even if you're in a group, okay, the quest isn't designed. If one person hits the box, it credits everyone in the group. Yeah, you're grouped up together. No, it doesn't even do that. No, it's that it's, makes it even doubly annoying. Yeah, because of the higher population, um, which is which is wonderful. Um, the one thing that I have noticed, uh, which has has been the only the only negative thing that I've seen is that it's you know it's hard to get your quest items in that active active world. Um, right. it, I mean it's it's great you know I I don't I'm not standing around um, for a long time anymore trying to queue up for a flashpoint or trying to get into a, a CTS in the black hole. Uh, which is our our four man instance, the Republic version of that four man instance. Um, but at the same time, you know, when CTS was the hardest thing to get done, now it seems to be the easier quests are the harder to get done. Right. <laughs> Even forced labor, which is the quest where you have to go inside the um that that area that's that mini instanced area. Well, I don't even think it's instance actually. It could be, but it doesn't look like it is. Um, you have to go inside that small that small area where all the uh, the cages are. Um, and unlock the prisoners from there. Even that has been very difficult to to get done because they're all farmed out by the time you get down there. Right. And I, I hope, like I said before, I hope Bioware is tracking this, and at some point we'll make yeah. adjustments to these quests, but on all, I, on all the planets. Yeah. Well, they got to know about it. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure they're very well aware of what's going on. It's just, um, I can see why. I mean. I don't see them changing. Like, let's say for sake of example, um, the the populations are where they want them to be. And, and honestly, like the populations where I want it to be. I think this is phenomenal. I love the population on my on on uh, Jedi Covenant right now. Um, but the thing is, is that if you don't, and Lou, this was your idea, you got to increase either the the spawn rate on the the quest nodes, right, mm-hmm. or increase the amount and the spawn rate slightly. Um, I think that was a phenomenal answer that you had and a great idea. Um, but I think, and I think Bioware is going to lean on that and do that. But at the same time, I think right now is not the time in which they're going to do it. Cause you know, we got free to play coming out either next month or, or, um, or November. or November. Right. Right. They might be waiting to see what kind of surge, if any, that they're going to get based on the free to play. And then maybe, 
pivot from there and possibly either increase or keep it the same. That's what I think their their strategy is at the moment. Right, and that's a good strategy for them to actually be looking at if that's one of their options. Yeah. And especially with concern of the free-to-play, you know, as, as on our level 50s, we really don't have that to worry about. I mean, other than the level 50s that are currently on Jedi Covenant. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, uh, okay, I find it slightly annoying, but it's something I can work through. It's not game-breaking. Okay? Right. Uh, I, I would hope that they're going to have something in place, especially on the starter worlds and the lower-level and mid-level questing worlds where quest nodes, quest items like that are crucial. And if they're not worked properly, you know, it'll just make group content harder if they don't appropriately tag the entire group of credit, you know, where, again, each person in the group has to click their own box, you know, click their own item to get credit. And if that thing has to respawn every 15, 20, 30, a minute, Mm -hmm. you just turn a four-man encounter into like the two-hour ordeal. (laughs) Yeah, and it's that's obviously very frustrating. Right, and um, that's going to be very frustrating for new players and low level players. You know, that's going to be something that that's, you know, could potentially turn them off. So, I hope they have something in mind to to offset that. Yeah, chat room is saying uh, right before the show there was 225 on the fleet. <laughs> that's crazy, and that's obviously that's that's coming from the second instance. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I I I totally enjoy the fact that you know we now have condensed populations on the existing servers um it makes for me a uh, a much a much better experience when i'm actually in game the other thing i want to address real quick is this idea that the game has now gone down to the amount of servers that it does have left which i think is what 11 now roughly yeah 11 or 12 right Something like that yes um that that look let's be let's be plain and frank okay that doesn't look good at all okay if you can fit the amount of people playing that game onto 11 servers on north america it doesn't look good in the eyes of the players they they have to wonder if they're playing a game that's actually going to be around much longer and the reason why i bring this up is because there's a lot of negativity Especially this week, I've seen I've seen negativity on Twitter about that right there. Oh my God, it went down to 11 servers. Look, um, I know that it's difficult to wonder if a game that you're enjoying and that you're playing is going to be around for a long time, or you know, if Bioware is going to start shutting servers down, you know, by I don't know six months from now or something. I don't think that's going to be the case. We've now, Lou, you and I have said on the show many, many times. Look, they've uh, they've invested a tremendous amount. I know I can hear you in the car already, but Bioware said this was a failure. Fine, I get it. Um, sure, they said it was a failure, but the thing is, is that means their strategy for the game had failed, and now they're moving to a different strategy, and that may not fail. Now they're down to eleven servers. I wouldn't let it get you down, to be honest. Because, let's face it, number one, it's a video game. You're in there to have fun. You're not in there to analyze. That's our job. That's what Lou and I do. That's what Bioware does. Don't worry about the naysayers, right, Lou? That's right. Don't worry about that nonsense. Get in there and play the game. You have... Uh, okay. What's good about this 
is that there's a select few out there that play this game. You and I are all part of a gaming community that's going to be very tight and very close. That's the good part. The better part is that that tight, close gaming group that plays Tor is now grouped up together on a couple of servers, and we're all together, and we're going to be able to get these this content done together. You know, look at Eve. Not a whole lot of no, not a whole lot of players, not a whole lot of people play Eve, but they're they're a tight group, and that's good. So they they get they get content done. So um, that's what I want to say for those of you out there who have noticed that this kind of chatter out there exists and the negative light that surrounds it. I just want to come off and say, like, that's kind of how I, I see things. When I get in the game, I get really excited that there's all these people with me at that moment. And I'm going to be able to queue up for a flashpoint and get it done, which is exactly what happened to me last night. So, I mean, that I mean, Lou, you got anything else on this that you want to you want to share? Oh, yeah, if I may. Yeah. All right, it's this is a good thing. I mean, we all noticed the population problems we had beginning of the year, mm -hmm. right? Especially as the months went on. Okay, and Bioware, you know, tried their best, has done their best to address the population balance, the faction imbalances, what have you. And now we have the latest move, which was the mega servers. And we knew about it, we knew they were discussing it, and now it's gone live. And for better or for worse, we're all together now. Okay, all of North American servers have been condensed into a set number. Same thing with the European servers. Same thing with the Asia Pacific servers. Okay. Yeah. Now it's just this is just a time for an opportunity to actually have more players together, more centrally located. And as Robin said, now you can tackle the content. Right, because okay. we're all together, centrally located. Right. Yeah, and, and now it's see this. As an opportunity to be able to knock out those flashpoints you may have missed. Okay. To, now you're able to say, Hey, you know, I can't queue up for those hard mode flashpoints, or I can say, you know, if someone's doing a, an operation and they need, you know, additional folks to help them out. Now you have that opportunity to actually see everything. And again, for better or for worse, it's here. And I think it's only going to get better. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out, especially later on, like, you know, October, November, later on this year with HK51. Yeah. Okay. The new operation. And, you know, that's something all of us are going to want to see. And it's better if we're all doing it together with our, with the size of our communities now, the size of our servers now. Right. Um, so, okay. With that, Lou, <laughs> what happened? To, <laughs> what happened in game this week, man? Like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> well, as I was mentioning before, I've been hopping back and forth a lot. Of my attention this past week has been on my lower level alts. Very nice. Because I want to, I want to finish out their storylines because there are obviously uh, other characters I haven't experienced storylines on yet. Especially my, for example, my trooper mm -hmm. and my sniper. Even though my sniper is an agent and I've seen this agent storyline already, I love the class. <laughs> it's so much fun being range DPS for once <laughs> on this character. What do you mean for I once? You usually it. play range DPS, don't you? Yeah, yes, I do. But yeah, I should, let me rephrase that. In the Tor universe. <gasps> okay, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> all right. Uh, I've always played melee DPS in Tor. Right. All right. I have my Sentinel, I have my Marauder. <laughs> okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have my healers. I have my Operative and my Sorcerer, who are both healers, Spectre Healing. And that's all I've ever done with those two characters is, is heal. Right. 
And now with my trooper Vanguard, obviously the Vanguard is the, the tank portion, the tank advanced class of the Republic Trooper. All right, I enjoy playing this class. I'm having a lot of fun. It's a, a lot of growing pains because I normally don't play tank characters in MMOs. It, I've always usually played mostly like uh, ranged, mid TPS, or uh, the healer. Mm-hmm. And for once, you know, this game has actually given me the chance to actually play a tank character and experience that aspect of of the MMO. So, what do you think of tanking in Tor right now? Like, what what's what level is your tank at the moment? Right now, my Vanguard is twenty one, so she's just started her tanking okay. career. Yep. All right. How does it if feel? How does it feel? It feels feels weird. I'm not gonna lie. It does feel very to me. It feels weird, kind of mm-hmm. strange uh, to be the character that's not just burning things down or you know keeping an eye on everyone else's health and making sure they're all either, you know they're alive, topped off, or you know um, you know purging their debuffs on them, what have you, clearing their conditions. Yeah. And for once, it's just now it's. I've got to focus on making sure everything around us is focused on me. Yeah. Okay. It's um, definitely it's definitely a switch in in the change of mind. You have to your your first concern is your healer. Your second concern is everyone else. And uh, it's very hard to go from a DPS whose first concern is how many am I putting up those numbers to this protective mode. Right. You get and a mob that strange. runs away from you. Yeah, it is. <laughs> you get a you get a mob that runs away from you, and you got to immediately you know focus on that guy and get that aggro back because where is it going to go? It's going to the healer. <laughs> oh, right. nine times out of ten. <laughs> Right, and the first real challenge we had last week was when you and I hopped on our our low level characters. Again, you know, I was on I had my Vanguard, mm-hmm. and if our one actually was on his, um, you were on Abby, weren't you? Yes, yes, you were on Abby. Yes, I was. By the way, yeah, and you did a phenomenal job doing what you were doing over there, even with a low level. Well, thank you for the kind words, sir. But you know, it, again, it's it's it just felt strange <laughs> backing to yeah. I literally had to remind myself, oh my god, I'm the tank in this instance. I have to uh, get in that mindset and actually – I act, the first 30 seconds, we actually entered that instance when we weren't moving around waiting for the other two characters to log into the actual zone with us. Mm-hmm. I was literally going through all my abilities going, oh my god, I'm a tank. What am I supposed to do? Please. <laughs> Which one of my uh, my actual uh, tank Ag- stances, my tank, my yeah. taunt abilities? Aggro abilities. And- exactly. And I <laughs> – I finally remember, yeah, I have to switch to the different uh, cell yeah. for the trooper. Okay, that's the one that generates threat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it lowers my damage, but all the, anytime that cell is active, that's the one, that's the tank cell. Yeah. Where everything I do under that cell, uh, that particular cell, generates threat. It starts generating threat, yeah. So, like, every time you, you launch, you know, those those uh, grenades out of your gun, um, what, what is that that uh, that skill? It's got the AoE effect, and you're, you're launching, like, 8mm grenades out of your out of your, uh, your gun? That's the explosive round, and then I also have the, the mortar volley attack. Right. I think it's the mortar volley attack I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mobs just adore you. You start popping that off, and they're like, oh, we got to get some of that Lou guy. <laughs> we love him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta beat the crap out of that guy that's just throwing grenades at. <laughs> I mean, they just stick to you like glue. <laughs> <laughs> and 
and then a, a healer can just stand in the back, and it's like uh, they could they could do whatever they want. They could bring an entire hospital with ambulances to heal your butt, and no one's gonna care. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what's um, that's what's great about about the Vanguard is just the uh, the the aggro ability on the Vanguard seems to just stick. You know what I mean? It's just you know, it's not going anywhere. You, you got a mob on you, and it it's just gonna love up all over you. <laughs> animal in heat <laughs> right and, you know and one of the biggest fears i had going throughout the entire flashpoint yeah we do, oh we did hammer station that's what we're doing that's oh how'd flashpoint. you like hammer station it was different i mean i i've done hammer station <laughs> on the imperial side but never for the republic <laughs> it's, it's it, you just describe what what a person might describe when they when they kiss their best friend in high school you know <laughs> Well, for me, one of my best friends was a girl, so. <laughs> I was kind of hoping something like that would come up, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was different. <laughs> yeah, it just felt strange. It didn't have that, I guess, that, that darker, inspired theme to it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, from the get-go, when you get that briefing from Darth Malgus, you know, as opposed to you getting that briefing from the general, okay, saying, oh, we, we got to stop it, you know, it's a threat. You know, to the galaxy, to threat to these planets in the system. Yeah. You know, as opposed to the Empire, it's like, yeah, well, we want to stop it because, you know, it might be turned against us. Screw the rest of the galaxy. <laughs> We're protecting ourselves by taking it out. What did you think? If Do you remember the Esselus much? Mm-hmm. Running that one? Okay. What did you think of the Esselus versus Hammer Station? Oh, our Black Talon? Um, right. Right or, well, well, I mean, I'm we're talking about your 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 tanking on your vanguard. Oh, okay, okay, all right. So, I mean, what? How did you? How did you, I mean? Did did you like one or the other? Did you like them both, but for different reasons? Strictly tanking wise, I'm I'm talking about. Tanking wise, I liked, I liked them both. Mm-hmm. However, they they both have their their nuances, which I which I definitely. Uh, I am very appreciative of like, for example, hammer station, you have that one boss fight where you have that one boss and the two ads. Okay. The one that, uh, does the massive AOEs with the flamethrower. Oh yeah. Okay. Yep. 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 And then the other guy is like, you know, does a massive, you know, melee damage. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> him. Yeah. All right. And I think, yeah, we focus on him first because he was easy enough to burn as opposed to, you know, that one guy, the flamethrower who could zap all of us in one shot. Yeah. Okay, if we're you know, doing you know, that AOE tick damage for an ungodly amount. So, yeah, it just felt that kind of challenge was there in Hammer Station as opposed to when we're running, uh, we did we ran Esselus. Okay. Esselus is kind of like, you know what, this is kind of like a bad example because the, the party dynamic doesn't really exist in the Esselus. It's really just like a DPS run. You know what I mean? I mean, and I guess it sort of needs to be that way. Um, right, there's really it not is the much- first. Like the first real flash, the first flashpoint for everyone, right. for the Republic. Yeah. Now you have more, a lot of experience with Black Talon. Is, I think I've run that maybe once or twice. I mean, how, and I, I don't really remember it all that well. Um, meanwhile, I've run Esselus, you know, many different times. Um, Black Talon is compared to Esselus. I mean, is it the same way? I imagine it would be. It's set up the same way, similar. Similar setups for the bosses, yeah, and similar mechanics. Yeah, it's just a different take on things. Okay, it's just set up. Uh, you know, obviously, 
when we run back talent, uh, black talent, all right, the last boss you face is, is a Jedi. Well, more correct, she's a Padawan, mm-hmm. which is a pretty kick ass paddle. <laughs> right. Okay. She's got a lot of abilities. Okay. And she has a challenge, uh, especially for Imperial characters who are at the, pro- you know, at the appropriate level for starting that particular flashpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're 10 to like 12 or 13, yeah. You know, that Padawan can be a real royal pain and took us. <laughs> and took us. Okay, you still have, you have to be careful. Took us, you're saying. Okay. And same thing with running the Isolus. Okay. <laughs> the boss is there and you're doing it at, at the appropriate level. Yeah. It's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, even though they are the, the very first flashpoints and as Rowan said, okay. Yeah. They're, they're just, I guess they're like the starters that are the intros because, you know, a lot of the classes don't come into the fold with their abilities. Until much later. Okay. I mean, we've only, you know, we only get a couple of more when we hit Hammer Station. Okay. Or even when we hit Athos. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't think until after your 30. Okay. Approaching your late 30s and 40s, you know, the classes really start to get the bulk of what they're supposed to have by the time they hit 50. Oh, without a doubt. I know for my Jedi Guardian, I wasn't, uh, I, I think I was like 33 or 35 until I actually started to get, um, AOE aggro abilities and um, I may, may have even been my first taunt was somewhere around there as well. I, I mean, this is like, you know, stuff that you definitely need as a tank. <laughs> right. Right. And it does make it kind of, it does make it challenging and it makes it very tough. Oh yeah. It's to say the least. <laughs> to say does. the least. Um, and, and, and that's why I find playing the tank class here. Mm-hmm. I can say it's a, the game is a lot more forgiving. I'm not going to say easy, it's just more forgiving. Okay. Yeah, you're, the amount of damage that you absorb as a tank is astronomical as compared to even just, just being, you know, the, the DPS version of the Force user, whether you're a Sith warrior or, or uh, you know, or, or the Jedi uh, Sentinel. Um, the the amount of of uh, damage that you can take between the two because of the medium armor versus the heavy is just like it's ridiculous. Right. Yes. It's night and day. <laughs> it totally is. I mean, now you would think going from, you know, I I, I don't know. I guess I really I, I would think that the the curve would be a bit shorter is really what I'm trying to say. But I mean, it, it's it's like ridiculous. It's totally steep. Totally night and day. Right. You know, and, and it's there for a reason. You no, know, it's. it's- Got to be a balance somewhere, okay? Because a lot of players didn't realize that uh, initially in beta, okay, there were no armor differentiations between the advanced classes for the Jedi Knight and the Sith Warrior. Mm-hmm. So a Jedi Guardian and a Jedi Sentinel could both wear heavy armor. Same thing with the Sith Juggernaut and Sith Marauder; they could both wear heavy armor. Except now you've got a version, you know, the advanced class that's immediately DPS monster. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> that that's interesting. Heavy armor. I mean, do you really think like the heavy armor on the DPS character was really that much of a of a difference? Well, it makes the class. Uh, speaking from my own personal experiences, it makes the Marauder makes them a heck of a lot more survivable. Mm-hmm. Um, and the amount of damage they can put out is, you know, at some points can be insane. Yeah, I would imagine that what you're going to have is this weird, freaky relationship where you're just critting or doing so much damage that you're taking the the aggro away from the tank at some particular point. And now you're wearing the same kind of gear they're wearing. So in essence, you actually become a high DPS tank 
mm-hmm. versus it, being a low DPS tank, which is the actual tank. Right, which is the actual class that's set up to be the tank. Right. So I can, you pretty much the, the Marauder and Sentinel would, pro, would pretty much uh, make the the Guardian and a Juggernaut obsolete. Yeah. Well, you know, speak, coupled with that high, heavy armor, you know, high hit points. Well, speaking of tanking, um, as far as like, I mean, you said you're level 22 with your Vanguard now. I imagine at this point you're on Taris, right? Mm-hmm. Which I am there now, currently. How's that going? Oh, it's I'm finding it fun. However, one thing I do want to say is that I hate. Hate. I'm gonna say it again. I hate that armor debuff that the rat ghouls can slap on you. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And they can stack it up to five times. You know how annoying that is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. It, I mean, it's annoying on my on my vanguard. Okay. And she's got the hit points to take it. However, you know, so, you know, doing terrors on my other characters, especially my medium light armor wearing classes, that armor debuff was hideous. Mm-hmm. All right, I remember going on Taris with my, you know, my Imperial Agent, my Sith Marauder, with my Sorcerer, with my Sentinel, and getting destroyed if I wasn't careful. Yeah, yeah. You know, see that little icon, seeing five, going, oh, watch my health. Just, oh, there goes my health. Yep, tick, tick, boom, dead. <laughs> boom, I'm dead. Yeah. You know, yeah, especially when I get swarmed is... by all those things, it's insane. Yeah, which you you inevitably do because they all hang out in packs. Mm-hmm. So you know, they're like zombies. <laughs> Those little it's critters. Like, it's like Daisy in Tor, but uh, um, <laughs> but I will say this: though. I mean, a lot of the quests when I first landed on Terrace, I mean, I actually, you know, did all of the quests on uh, Coruscant, mm-hmm. okay, and the heroics as well, so that when I got to to Terrace, I was actually a couple of levels higher than the actual starting range that you see when you go to the galaxy map. Were were some of the uh, starting quests that you got were they were they gray or were they green? Green. All the quests I've been getting so far in Taris are green. Mm-hmm. So, including the heroics, the heroics that are available to you right off the bat in, wow. in those areas. Yeah. And as a little test, I wanted to say, all right, let me let me see if my trooper can handle it. So what did you do? Were you run run into some of those heroics or something with your companions? Yes. Ah, yeah, I actually, yeah. yeah, I actually before I actually went back to Terrace. The true test. <laughs> yeah. The I true test of any tank. Buying some upgrades uh, to my gear because I had also sent from my uh, rich Sugar Mama characters and the Imperial side sending all my character all the characters money <laughs> yeah, baby. to buy some Alexi perks. <laughs> Sugar Mama. <laughs> That's right. You need some all pads, baby. <laughs> all have the speeder license now. <laughs> oh wow, oh. good, good for you. A level twelve sniper, level fourteen juggernaut. All my little characters can now use a speeder. Man, you're the man. Which is amazing. I love that. You don't realize how much you miss that to actually start running again until you start. Yep. And you're on Taris and you're running. Like it's not bad on Curacao. It's bad on Curacao, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's worse the higher the higher I mean you you're there you know the yeah the higher we level the worse the planets get in terms of oh my god and I have to run there <laughs> it's not just like what kills me is that it's not like you know twice as bad on Taurus it's like five times worse on Taurus because now not only do you have long sprawling distances that you have to run now you've got rack ghouls swarms of rack ghouls 
everywhere. I mean, there's no avoiding. Like, most people can just kind of, like, you know, go around certain mobs and avoid it and get to where they got to go. It's annoying, but they can do it. No, there's no avoiding them. Most of those Rakul mobs are, like, they're right there on the path. You're going to run into them. You avoid one, you run into another. It's, right. it's, it's not the Rakuls. It's the, you know, enemy faction NPCs in the area. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, or other hostile creatures that are in packs. Like, oh my god, I have nowhere to go. Yeah, so if you, don't, if you don't have a speeder, at least by the time you hit Taris, it's, like, annoying. Especially when you've already been there. So I'm really glad they did that whole thing with the Legacy, where you can unlock, you know, speeder piloting one for, you know, uh, a lower level character. Right, exactly. Level ten characters. Oh, it's a beautiful. It's a godsend. I'm dying. I'm dying to know though. Like, how'd you do in the in the in the heroic? I actually completed them. I made. Really? I actually did the two, uh, two of the two mans right now. Okay. I haven't touched the four mans because I'm not crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just don't wake and handle those. <laughs> but the two man heroics that were green to me, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, yes, nice. I got beat up really bad. But I survived. Oh, that's your job as a tank to, to yeah. get the snot <laughs> rocked I'm out of <laughs> Like I'm surprised as a tank I was able to survive Yeah. and down these heroics, these two-man heroics. But it was possible. I mean, yeah, I burned through every cooldown I had. Mm-hmm. All right, used the med pack. But, yeah, I was able to do it. It's the only way you're going to learn. The only way you're going to learn is by burning those cooldowns and, and figuring it out. Right. And, you know, just learning the timing, learning where everything fits into place. And, yeah. Yeah. You know what? At times, I know doing this, practicing this way, yeah, it's going to cost me. I'm going to pay for it by, you know, by dying. But you know what? Makes you a better I tank. I up to a learning experience as to, yeah, this is going to make me a better tank. And longer saying, all right, these are my limitations. Cool. Very good. Congratulations on that. Um, Thank you, sir. What else? I mean, you got anything else on your other characters? Uh, we've been doing a lot of tank talk. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I actually went. That might back. be trademarked. Sorry. <laughs> that might be <laughs> trademarked. Back to my sniper. Okay, sniper time. Uh, yeah, yeah, got her off the fleet finally. Because <laughs> running Black Talon on okay. sniper. Very good. <laughs> Doing a couple runs. Like, yeah, what's to do Black Talon? I'll help you. <laughs> Just the chance to get the gear. Yeah, to get the gear and get the social points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not going to be ashamed. Yeah, I was farming social points. Nothing wrong with that. Right, mm-hmm. right. And, you know, farming social points and the light side, dark side points. Yeah, <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> Nothing wrong Deal. with that. <laughs> like a Seinfeld so, episode. So, yeah, at this time, I was like, all right, I have to get off the fleet. I should just get her on Droma Kaz, and I yeah. did. Get off the fleet, you bum. <laughs> get a job, you bum. Get I am job. with Imperial Intelligence. Get a job, you bum. Oh, okay. <laughs> Kick your butt out the uh, the the airlock and go to Droma Kaz. Yeah, don't let the ramp pitch on the way down. Thanks. <laughs> I started uh, the first question. Yeah, the quest change there. Okay. And, I mean, yeah, I've done it before because, you know, I had my Imperial Operative. But, you know, I really enjoy playing the Imperial Agent storyline. And, yes, Fred, if you're listening, yeah, Coolio does suck anyway. (laughs) (laughs) We all hate our character, but. This just in. This just in from around the world. (laughs) We're stuck with her (laughs) for the meantime, so we got to deal with it. Coolio sucks. Coolio sucks. I mean, I plan to dump her the moment I get Vector. <laughs> there you go. So I guess you're. What are you doing with? Are you going? Are you going light side on your sniper? Is that what? Yes. This? Okay, so that's yes. why Kaleo sucks. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, well, yeah, because she hates everything. Even right. when I, well, no, because all uh, most my agent, my operative, was light side as well. Is light side as well. Mm-hmm. 
So I've never really played Dark Side of the Imperial Operative or the Imperial Agent, so I don't know what exactly uh, would help her in terms of uh, getting the companion affection. Yeah, maybe a psychologist. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll, we can call Jenny for Kaleo. You know what I mean? <laughs> Online virtual counseling. Exactly. Um, so but how do you feel about being fun with that. attacky? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know you're you got the Sinead O'Connor thing going, Khalil. I understand that. How does that make you feel? <laughs> Start saying nothing compares to you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> nothing compares to you. Get back in the ship or we're taking off. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. We're <laughs> we're leaving. <laughs> so what else? I mean, is that is that it? Um not like that's not enough, but I mean you uh I was wondering if there's more epic stories from the from the Lou side of the force. Oh, well, I am. You know, my Sentinel Jedi Sentinel is now in Alderaan. Mm-hmm. I started that uh, quest chain there, the quest there on that planet. Okay. And again, I know I always say, it, but it does feel very different playing from the opposite faction. Yeah. And I find myself now when I'm playing that Sentinel. And listening to the stories, listening to the quests being handed to me, I'm like, wow. And, you know, and then having experience I have with my Imperial characters, okay? Mm-hmm. And having played through Alderaan on, their, on that side, going, wow, Empire really is a bunch of sick bastards. Wait a minute, what am I thinking? What I, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute? I'm, I'm Empire. <laughs> my primary characters are Empire. What am I talking about? Any- but it's just, it's just so... You know, I, I have to give it to the writers. You know, that kind of feeling they invoke when I'm hearing the stories being given to me, the quest being given to me, like, wow. Yeah. I, I really do need to stop this, don't I? Any good game is going to that's multifactional is going to make you want to is going to make you hate the other side, no matter how long you've spent on that on that side. Any good game is going to do that. That's the mark of a good story. And um, I definitely see Tor doing that. When I play my when I play my uh, Empire tunes, I hate the Jedi. And then when I get back on the Jedi, I start thinking to myself, like, you know, how could I feel that way? These guys are awesome. I hate the Sith. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then seeing some of the, you know, the the little tie-ins, the subtle little tie-ins that are in the stories for both factions. You know, seeing that um, again, playing through all around my Imperial characters, mm-hmm. and then some of the quests I picked up so far, my Sentinel going, wait a minute. I know exactly where this is leading because, yeah, as my Marauder, I did this, okay, or I did that, and now here's my Sentinel, uh, kind of in, in the wake, saying, "All right, now my Sentinel's out to stop that." Yeah. Okay. Even though the stories don't, you know, uh, both factions never overlap in the planet, they the stories drive. will. Yeah. You know, nothing that happens in, in Tor isn't is separate. There's always the stories are all interrelated in terms of yeah, but you're only seeing this side of it, right. but realize. On the planet, you know, the Sith are there too, and they're doing this to the world. Okay, and you're, you're offsetting each other. And I find that amazing. I find that a lot of fun saying, all right, this is, so this is what the Republic's doing when I'm doing this on my <laughs> Sith, too, on my Imperial characters. This is cool. Um, well, for, for my week, I'll, uh, I'll say that the, the highlight of my week was actually running, uh, Directive, uh, Directive 7 Flashpoint. Ooh. Yeah. I did, nice. I did hard mode. Hard mode directed, Directive 7. And uh, the reason why that's such a thrill for me is because, Lou, you know how hard I've been working to actually <laughs> get the mods and the armoring and the the uh, the enhancements to get myself 
hard mode capable. Yes, I have, sir. And folks, he has been doing a tremendous job on that. Well, seriously, going broke. Yeah. He <laughs> <laughs> just, but I did it. I'm there, and I'm so excited about it. I went into to, to uh, hard mode Directive Seven um, with Grievance, and we just we tore it down. And a couple of the um, a couple of the guys that um, I ran in there with, um, they had they had you know raid gear on, but I mean not like not crazy raid gear. So I mean the the DPS was was going down, but um, the the healing wasn't that like I didn't have to be healed too much so I'm I'm pretty much right where I mean I'm not where I need to be in order to get into in, in order to get in the rating but for hard modes I'm basically right where I need to be maybe a couple of few tweaks here and there um, I've got my uh, my endurance is up to well my my, my hit points is up to like um, 18 18k very nice. Plus. Yeah. So I'm a little short from what normal tanks walk into for hard modes, I believe. Isn't it around like 20? Well, it, it should, it could be. Mm-hmm. But again, uh, you know, you could do it. Yeah. See, that's, why, that's one thing I like about the game, about Tor, is that you can do it. Yeah. You can do right. it! <laughs> you can do it! All right, a lot of these people that are out there that say, oh, you shouldn't be doing this without minimal... Uh, no, you know what? The game was built to be defeated by players who know their classes and know what to do. Yeah, it does seem like there's a range. Like, you can you can do this content if you're on the low scale or the hard... or on the high-end scale. It's still going to be a challenge. It just depends on how much of that challenge you're going to fall into. Right. It does seem to have a scale versus, like, other MMOs. Is like, you need to be here. And any better, fine. But you need to be here on that right. spectrum, and like right. no more like you know you have to have this mm-hmm. before you can think about sneezing in here. Otherwise, yeah. as opposed to tours, like you know you can be here. You can start here. Yeah, this is the the optimal. But guess what? You can still do it if you're here. Right. They tolerate lower, and you're still slightly challenged at higher. But you know, if you're in that range, you're good. And I, I think right. I'm in that range, and I'm I'm really proud of of myself for, you know, for getting there because it was it was a tough climb, and um, I'm still climbing. But it's nice to know that I'm I'm in the range, and it's only going to get better from here. Because um, it's very intimidating for me as a tank to walk into a a uh, a tiered instance, and and essentially not know where to go, not know what to do, not know any of the boss fights, and have everyone rely on me essentially for their their survival and overall success of that of that content. Do you have any idea the kind of pressure that can be sometimes? Like it's tough. <laughs> yeah, yes, and I can imagine so. It's it's not easy, not at all. I mean, as a DPS, yeah, you run in there and just kind of just tear stuff down. But you're relying on the tank to live. That that tank doesn't live. The tank goes down. It's going to turn to you or the healer, and then it's all she wrote. And to be that guy and not know where to go and what to do and not even be completely sure that you're where you need to be as far as gear-wise and your stats, um, it's a, it, it takes a lot of... A lot of uh, a lot of faith in yourself. You gotta really say like, I'm pretty sure like this is where I need to be, and and I'm gonna do it. And if I get heckled at, because the worst part is getting heckled at. 
That's the worst right. part. You suck, you stink, you're the worst thing about pugs, get out of here. And it's like, oh, man, you know, I really feel like a jerk. <laughs> That's why ignore is a beautiful feature in every MMO. <laughs> yeah. So I did it with the Grievance guys, and we, we had a blast. I was in there with uh, Cat Jack and Baronar, and uh, it was just, it was a good time. It really was. And um, I really enjoyed that, that Flashpoint. We skipped a lot of trash, though. <laughs> <laughs> really skipped a lot of trash. <laughs> But it was good stuff, and I was I was really happy about that. I uh, got a couple of upgrades. Oh, very nice. What'd you get? Yeah. Um, I don't remember precisely. It was like nothing, not like a new chess piece or anything like that. Just, um, I think a belt dropped, and I believe um, some stuff I was able to pull a couple of mods out of that increased my, my endurance. So... Like little little stuff like that, nothing to really write home about, but like a minor upgrades that that you know help out. So hey, um, still, it's upgrades, it's helping, and yeah, oh yeah, hey, an upgrades an upgrade, you know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah, great stuff. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of time to really play a lot this week, so I was really excited for for getting my dailies, getting my dailies done a little bit, and then at the same time getting that 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 hard mode flashpoint done. I was really excited. I, I noticed a lot of my time was spent trying to figure out if my gear was where it needed to be in order to start the flashpoint. Whenever I was able to log in, the, the couple of times during the week I was able to log in, I was in for a couple of hours and I was trying to like, you know, um, raise money to get gear off the GTN, do content, you know, farm dailies to, to get, you know, upgrades, potential upgrades, uh, mods, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So I finally am, am where I want to be. I'm in that range and I'm, I'm, ex- I'm extremely excited. Um, yeah, that's, that's basically it. That was really the highlight of my week. Uh, Sith Smackdown we wanted to do this week, but since Fred's not here and it just wouldn't feel right to, to, you know, talk about our, our weekly challenge, so um, we're going to leave it for next week. So, so for those of you out there who who didn't do Life's Tough Without Friends, um, do it. Yeah, uh, write us in. Let us know how you did. Send us a uh, send us your your epic screenshot. Um, once again, it's your uh, make a new Jedi or a new Sith warrior character. No companions. All right. When you get one, dismiss them. Uh, you may let's see what else. Uh, you could put them on passive. All right. But uh, make sure that they just don't, they're not used. Um, that's basically it. You know, let us know how you did. You got to finish the starter planet. That's that's the big challenge. So right. Jedi Knight or Sith Warrior, no companion, starter planet. And uh, let us know how you did. We'll tell you how we did next week when, um, when Fred's here. All right. Uh, gee, that was a robust intro for the show, was it not? <laughs> yes, it was. Sure it was. We got uh, we got the Dark Council coming up next. Um, Lou's got a fantastic topic here, and I, I really can't wait to to bite into this. So, so hang out with us for the Dark Council coming up next. And welcome back, everyone, to the Dark Council. 
Lou's got a great topic. I really want to get into this one. So uh, without any further ado, Lou. Without any further ado, Lou. Lou adieu. Do a Lou. Lou adieu. Thank you, kind <laughs> sir, for that introduction. <laughs> Today's topic. Oprah. And <laughs> Uma. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> All right. A few days ago, Bioware held its very first live stream Q&A session. All right, and this involved uh, their community manager, Jova Gonzalez, senior producer, uh, Blaine, Blaine Christine, and one of the designers, senior designers, George. 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 <laughs> and I wanted to pick out and discuss this particular question that was brought up during the live stream. So here's the question. The question that was posed by one of the players was this. What kind of things can we expect to see in the cartel coin shop? Great question. Right, and just so people have background in case they don't know, the Cartel Coin Shop is one of the new features being brought in when the game goes free to play. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, this is the answer that was given. And I quote, Really cool mounts, cool pets, some gear sets, not impact with the end game, that help players as they level up. The gear you will find will be interesting to everyone because it is not going to be restricted by class or by faction and all moddable. The gear you purchase in the cash shop, cartel coin shop, is hopefully something you'll be able to use for a class you got. Now, perk your ears up on this next part here, because this is where it gets really interesting, and, and this is what Lou wants to really direct your attention to. Right, and it's just again, I quote, We also have a really cool thing called cartel packs. Cartel packs you buy give you a random assortment of really cool items and a chance to get some of the cooler items than maybe in the game. Not powerful, but very cool. They're going to make you look amazing. Amazing, and, darling. Um, you're going to be it. <laughs> and just again, for some additional background, mm-hmm. right? this already exists in some current MMOs. Uh, most notably, uh, Star Trek Online and some other free-to-play MMOs that are offered by uh, the studio uh, Perfect World Entertainment. Okay where players will sometimes be given these loot boxes or chests as random drops within the game or as quest rewards in the game or they can be purchased via these particular games online cash stores and sometimes you know when you open up these boxes players can be rewarded not only with aesthetic items but items that are usable in gameplay that other players will not have the opportunity to obtain all right, so the questions that uh, you've got for us, Lou, uh, one, two, and three here, we'll, we'll go through it real quick. Uh, number one, do you think the cartel pack is an experiment to test the waters and see exactly what players will spend additional money on? Uh, number two is, do you think these cooler items being offered in the cartel pack is another, where, is another Bioware attempt at not providing the players with an actual appearance tab often requested in the suggested forums. And number three, could this be the first item on the potential slippery slope of the dreaded pay-to-win model? All right, so Lou, your first question here again is, do you think the cartel packs an experiment to test the waters and see exactly what the players will spend additional money on? What's Wholeheartedly? Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. I wanted to ask, like, what's your... I was segueing into you, and we, we stepped over each other, so radio failed. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. Darn it. Damn it. <laughs> so go ahead. What's uh, what's your answer? I wholeheartedly believe that it is. 
it's mm -hmm. one of the first of many items that EA and Bioware are going to offer up in the Cartel Coin Shop to see uh, you know, exactly what and how much players are willing to part with in terms of the real money uh, and using it in the cash store, online cash store. Okay, yes, it's, cart yeah, it's a Cartel Coin Shop, but you know, in the end, it is an online cash store okay, where you buy things that you can use in the game. Um, and yeah, I think one of the things that's mentioned that's on that's being discussed within the forums about this very question is the fact that okay, everything here is randomized. All right. Yeah. Th to me, this sounds like it's just a a random box of vanity stuff. That's what this sounds like to me. Right. And. For people who have played other MMOs that uh, have this sort of system already in place, you know, it can say it can be frustrating and, and somewhat sometimes uh, not like real life dangerous, but like financially dangerous for a lot of players because they don't, you know, they, they get so obsessed with finding the cool sets of gear or cool sets of anything that are only offered up within these particular types of uh, things, these kinds of boxes, chests, mm -hmm. what have you, is that they'll go out and spend a crazy amount of money. Okay, the real life money to get these things. And it's all totally random, so they could end up spending fifty to a hundred dollars and they're getting crap right. that they don't ever want or don't use or don't ever need. Okay. And most of the time it's stuff that they can't really sell to other players anyway. So you can't even sell on GTN or trade other players. It's bound to you. Right. So you're saying if you get a whole bunch of vanity stuff that you paid for and you don't like most of it, you're just stuck with it anyway. Right. You're stuck with it. It's vendor trash or you've got to destroy it. Okay. Or it just takes up, you know, slots in your bank yeah. space. Right. Right. Okay. Um, it, it is definitely one of the first, I think, of many, many test items. And I, I would hope that they don't proffer it up to where, you know, it, it get ridiculous in terms of the, the chance of, I'm sorry, I'm trying to put this correctly. The chance rate of you getting anything good is like 0 0.0001. Yeah. Okay. So you have to spend an ungodly amount of money, you know, just to even think about the completing an entire set of cool vanity gear that's only offered on these boxes. Hmm. I, I sort of see this as a good opportunity to have really, um, really fun and unique things. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch what you're, what you're spending your, your cartel coins on. And, uh, I, I don't see this as a big money draw, to be honest. I think people are gonna, are gonna jump, you know, I don't think people are gonna be buying these cartel packs. Um, by the droves, and the reason why I don't think I think that way is because I, I, there's no there's no in-game system to support frequent purchasing of these things. Now, if there was an achievement system where like you you collect all 52 uh, you know decks of cards and they exclusively dropped out of these things, then yeah, I would think like yeah, without a doubt that people would be buying these up in droves just to complete their their uh swotor deck of cards set um to get the achievement and then you know a little reward for uh for that achievement as well but there isn't any achievement system in this game and i i don't see them going that route 
with this. It really literally sounds like, you know, here's just a random group of just vanity stuff that we threw together and, you know, give us, I don't know, five or 10 cartel coins and it's, it's yours. Um, and if you, you like it, cool. If you don't, eh, oh well. I think that, that what you just said right there, Lou, uh, the possibility of spending those coins and getting a whole bunch of stuff that you really don't like, having that being a, a chance, I think might keep people from actually doing this, uh, from, from purchasing it. It all depends yeah. on what's in those things. Exactly. I mean, if people find, you know, the first, the first week or so, I think a lot of people are going to be curious. So they, they will be spending their, their cartel coins on. I, yeah. I for one admit, I, I will be just to see exactly what they're being, what's being offered in them, what's available in them. Yeah. Oh yeah. See if it's worth my time and my cartel coins. Um, but yeah, I mean, if the majority find out that, you know, it's just not worth their time and they feel like it's been a waste of their cartel coins that they've either earned in game or spent, you know, a little bit of money on to get to boost, uh, their pool of cartel coins. And I mm-hmm. think, you know, Bioware will probably think about hedging away from that particular yeah. scenario. I mean, we would, I, let's be honest, Lou. I mean, if they, if they were specific, somewhat specific about some of the items that they know will be dropping out of these boxes, I mean, we would be able to say one way or the other, like, you know, people are definitely going to spend their money on that consistently or not, but they weren't right. specific. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot to go on with that. Exactly. At this point, there's not much we can say. All we yeah. all we have now is supporting people uh, to realize that this is all just speculation. Oh, right? yeah. This is just one of their answers they've given. Yeah. And again, free to play hasn't come in yet, and they haven't given us the nitty gritty details as to what exactly you know will be offered in these cartel packs. You know, this is just one of the answers. They said random assortment. So who knows? I definitely think though that you're right. That for the first week, people are definitely going to be interested in. They're going to see, uh, you know, quite a bit of money coming in the first week on these things, and then if it's not, if it's not interesting, or if there's there's too many things in there that people don't like, people don't think that this is, you know, worth it in the long run. I think you're right. I think this is something we're going to start to see get phased out eventually. All right, number two. Uh, do you think these cooler items being offered in the cartel pack is another Bioware attempt at not providing the players with an actual appearance tab often requested? in the suggestion form. I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think an appearance tab is down on the board, as they say, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's coming. I think it's on the board because we've been asking and Bioware, uh, doesn't there, they've never for SWOTOR at least have never said, um, we're, we know you've been asking for this and it's just not something we're going to do. Um, you could argue the, the, the customizable ship thing, you know, having customizable options inside your ship, but that was, that's not something that they didn't, they didn't want to do. It's just they, they couldn't do it because of the way the game is built. Um, for things that they can add to the game, as far as like, I don't know, the, uh, the, the, the app, the phone app that I've been bugging them about putting in the game, you know, uh, the appearance tab. I think it's coming. I think they're just, you know, prioritizing at the moment. And, um, and and I don't see this as a as a replacement, and I don't think Bioware would would see this as a replacement. What, what do you think, Lou? Do you, you think they do see this as as a way of getting around an appearance tab? I think in a way they do. I, I think in lieu of the appearance tab, they're they're giving up. They're not giving up, but they're actually offering these really, as in other words, these really 
amazing items. Okay, aesthetic items in these uh, cartel boxes. Okay, these cartel packs that may be in the end, you know, moddable. So they're going to be orange gear that's fully moddable. So yeah, you could take your ricotta, your teenies, you come out, you know, your black hole uh, mods, armorings, enhances, whatever, mm-hmm. and move them on to this gear. And I think that's going to be one of the big draws is that. Um, you know, if since they're offering it this way, okay, uh, I can see that where they say we don't need to give an appearance tab because you have the opportunity to customize your appearance if you get these items. Okay, but in a way, I disagree with that because no, I would rather not have to give it up to chance. I want to determine my appearance now. Okay, I want the ability just to pick these items from the GTN or from a crafter I've hired. You know, virtually in the game. So yeah, I've got the match. I need you to make this for me. Yeah. You know, I have the appearance tab option in my character sheet. Boom, there it is. I don't have to say, all right, I gotta buy or use another ten cartel packs to get one item. Right. Okay. Okay. And then days, weeks, months go by where I get nothing. It's like that would frustrate me as a player. Yeah. You know, what I really want to do is set my appearance, and again, buyer is all about choice, all about customization for the player. You know, give me the opportunity. Yeah. Um, Okay, and number three. uh, Could this be the first item on the potential slippery slope of the dreaded pay-to-win model? Again, I would have to say I don't think so. Simply because they're very, very careful to say that this is not endgame stuff, this is not powerful stuff, this is really like just vanity stuff. And um, it really, for me, when I hear that, I'm reassured every single time that I hear it again, that they're they're really trying hard to make sure that this doesn't become pay to win. And they, they've expressly said that this is this will not be pay to win. Now, whether it's actually done in action or not, you know, we, we have yet to see. But I really feel and I get the feeling from them that they're trying very, very hard to monitor what goes into that. What goes into that uh, that cartel shop, and make sure that it doesn't turn into a um, a, a pay to win sort of a sort of a feature. I don't know if uh, the the idea that they had about putting low end low level uh, green and blue items makes us a pay to win game. I I suppose it really depends on perspective. If those low level green and blues are better than what you can get um around as far as uh quest rewards and uh random drops in the world or uh you know uh commendation vendors then right. yeah or crafting yeah or crafting then, uh, then yeah that's dead. pay to win exactly whether no matter what level you are that's pay to win and if that's the way they go then then they're doing it wrong um you're doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> what about you Lou? i'll give you the final word on this well, I I do see this as again the first item that's on that slope, that slippery slope of, of pay to win. Because again, remember EA and Bioware are tracking exactly what the players are doing with this. You know, if they see a huge explosion of income come their way because they are offering these types of items in these cartel packs, 
then you know it, it's not going to be hard to push them over the edge to say, well, you know what? We introduced this type of gear in the cartel pack. Yeah, we've said that it's uh, it, it's not going to hurt anyone. Remember, a lot of the interviews they've had in the past, okay, ever since they've announced the free to play model, is that they have specifically stressed that they are not going to degenerate into a pay to win model. Okay, but caveat that with anything or anything that's going to impact the end game. Okay, they've always been very careful to stress that, which is kind of makes me worried because, as Varman just mentioned, it's still pay to win, even if it's low level gear. Yeah. If it's something you can't get as a quest reward, a commendation reward, or something another player can craft for you. If it's significantly better, then yes, it's still pay to win, even though you're only level 25. Right. If my level 25 character isn't buying from that shop and yet another level 25 player has gear that's my level, but guess what? It's got stats that are, you know, two or three points above me in every way. Yeah, that's still pay to win. Yeah. Okay. Because I can't get that in the game. I can't have another player make it for me. I can't get that from a flashpoint. Okay. Now, if here's, here's a good question, Lou. Let's say. They offer the same stuff that drops, that's on the loot tables for random drops throughout the world and off of um, uh, trash mobs in flashpoints mm-hmm. on, the, on the store, okay? And um, each item works out to be like, I don't know, real cash, like, like $5. Per item. Um, do you think that's a way to go? Do you still consider that pay to win? Even though you're getting an item that you can, that's on the loot table for the, for, you know, random drops throughout the world and, and flashpoints for your level. Um, you're just sort of bypassing. Uh, the 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 grind in order to get that thing to drop, and additionally, you guys spend like five bucks per item. Do you see that as still like a a pay to win? And if so, is this a balanced way of 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 a play to win system? I still think that's a dangerous way to go about this. It's still going to be a pay to win option because now you're allowing players to obtain. All that kind of gear without actually playing the game. Right. So in essence, yeah, you're, you're pretty much getting people or players who don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And yet they've got all that great looking gear, all that great gear, all that great stats, weapons, what have you. And they just don't know what the hell to do. Right. Would you, know, you, would you ever in other MMOs? Would you, know, you ever support these, a move like options. that? Would you ever support a move like that? Um, no, I would not. Okay. No, I wouldn't. If that ever happened, then I'd say you know it, it's that would be a, a very dangerous uh, thing for or line for Bioware and EA to cross. Yeah. So. Okay. We'll see though. I agree. Just um, yeah. For I mean, guess for your own verification, like I I agree with you. I I think I don't think that would be a good a good thing at all. Um. Okay. All right. We just want to remind you on Wednesdays, uh, listen up as we uh, bring you the latest news from everything Tor and the Star Wars Expanded Universe. Also, check out Game Guides with tips and tricks courtesy of Padrick, the raid leader of Grievance. 
on Jedi Covenant, all this and more on our Holonet News. We're doing uh, episode five of the Holonet News, which always occurs from Wednesday to Wednesday. And uh, you better believe that this Wednesday we are going to be chatting up a storm about this community Q and A. It is it's the uh, the first one. There's there's uh, quite a bit of discussion about the topics and and about the way it was handled um, on the forums. And we are very excited to to get into that um, Wednesday. Wednesday available for download Wednesday night, Thursday morning, and then forever after that. <laughs> <laughs> there's no escape there's no escape it forever will be on our itunes list <laughs> uh also we want to remind you we heard from uh you heard you heard us talk about it as uh as always on the beginning of every show tweaked audio tweakedaudio.com the creators of some pretty awesome some pretty awesome earbuds uh they come in four styles six colors there's an optional microphone uh great sound Sound clarity, uh, amazing durability. They have noise reduction design. So uh, if you if you go jogging in a heavily windy area, or uh, you are uh, mowing the lawn, <laughs> all that background noise. Uh, if you have a noisy brat screaming at you, um, <laughs> that uh, that that noise will get reduced if you just pop your tweaked audio <laughs> tweaked audio earbuds into your ears uh compatible with everything in the uh in the in the entire world uh an ipod an android an mp3 device you got it it's it's com- compatible with it uh it comes with a lifetime warranty 30 percent off if you use the code off the record lifetime warranty 30 percent off free shipping worldwide tweaked audio tweakedaudio.com guys check them out good stuff all right jedi archives is coming up next hang out with us as we as as uh, as lou i should say brings you the amazing information that can only be found in the Jedi archives. See you soon. I think it would be wise if you took advantage of my knowledge of this. You have entered the hallowed grounds of the Jedi Archives. Lou, please, start us off. Well, thank you, Yvarwin. Today's lore topic is Corellia. Starships, star pilots, and smugglers. Oh my. Or, in the words of an old Corellian proverb, the bigger the galaxy, the sweeter the homecoming. So, Corellia. Corellia is the capital planet of the Corellian system, which also includes Salonia, Drawl, Trellis, and Talus. Collectively, the planets of the system are known as the Five Brothers. As the largest planet and the closest to Corell, its system star, Corellia is often called or referred to as the Eldest Brother or the Eldest. Now, what's unique about the Corellian system is that all five of these planets I just mentioned can and does support life, with humans, Salonians, and Draw as the main inhabitants across all these worlds. Oh, that's interesting. All right, yeah, just for a little, you know, off-topic, uh, you know, geek stuff. Yeah, that's pretty rare for a system to have that many inhabitable planets. Yeah. In all fact, in our own system, it's... Yeah, one system. Huh. And so, tying to that, historians... Or public historians believe that the Celestials, which were an ancient race, okay, they assembled the Corellian system artificially. 
where these worlds were brought in from other parts of the galaxy for whatever reason, since the Celestials don't really talk to anyone anymore. <laughs> but it's believed that the Celestials populated uh, Corellia, especially Corellia, with humans from ancient Coruscant. Okay? Just for uh, some additional side lords, like Coruscant is nominally seen as the, the birthplace for the human race. Okay, and remember, the Rakata with the Aethan Empire conquered the entire galaxy. And yeah, they were also pretty much integral in bringing the human species all over the galaxy. While the Celestials, well, they're already, you know, had already seeded Corellia and the Corellian system with humanity. Okay. And also, an additional side note, if you ever, you know, when you go to Corellia and you see the other life forms there, like the Salonians and the Drawl, a lot of people don't realize that, yeah, they're part, they're natives as well. Of Corellia. Okay, and all three of those species, humans, Salonians, Drawl, coexist on on these worlds. Right. They There's all one have overall their own culture, one overall society. Okay. Now, Corellia's surface is extremely temperate. You know, it's it's like that great world, you know, it's got rolling hills, thick forests, lush farmland, golden beaches, and large seas. And yeah, for you skiing folks, it's got those snow-covered mountains dominating, you know, the landscape. Now, the largest cities of note were Coronet, which is the capital of the planet. Okay, a tourist haven city. It's known as Cordvella, the double city of Tyrena. And they call it a double city because Tyrena is split into two pieces. Uh, it's kind of like if... Uh, you know, you took a major city like Chicago or Philadelphia or New York and you split it literally in half, you know, a great big vista in between the two parts of the city itself. That's why it's called the twin city mm. or double city because each half is just as big as the other as a major city. So it's all considered one piece. And the mountain hamlets of uh, Duaba Guerfel and Bella Vistal. There is also an immigrant population. There were immigrants from the neighboring planet of Salonia would also, over time, construct an elaborate network of tunnels beneath the planet's surface. So if anyone's ever played in Corellia so far, <laughs> side quests, you see those tunnels. Okay, And these tunnels, or the slowing tunnels, were, were used by the people of all the races as a kind of subterranean metropolis. Where even though, despite the, the deepest levels, were just traversed by the Salonians themselves. Okay, Now, if you're playing for the Empire in Tor, right? A lot, some of the missions you undertake on Corellia is that, yeah, you have to sabotage and pretty much wipe out the Salonians in these tunnels. All right. Now, the grand scope is that, you know, these tunnels are pretty extensive. It's a huge complex. And as I just described, yeah, it's its own subterranean city. Okay. Where they had, you know, Salonians had like living quarters, malls, shops, you name it, they had it in there. Okay. So it's like, imagine the city under the cities themselves. Now, as to the Corellians themselves, they were often considered by the galaxy as intrepid and maverick folk by the core world peoples. Okay, now core world peoples like yo, people from Coruscant. Okay, and Alderaan. Alright, and they also had expressions detailing them. Alright, where one example was, you know, telling a Corellian the odds for success, where that's not really wise, because for Corellian being the odds is always a reward in itself. And it kind of brings about this sense of immortality. Right? And, you know, they had this tradition 
where they cremate the dead and compress their ash into these synthetic diamonds with artificial gravity generators. Wow, kind of a sick reward if you think about it. <laughs> they were often also a sentimental folk and when separated from their home worlds, whether it's Corellia, Slane, Draw, they were often became sentimental at the sight of anything Corellian related in the travels throughout the galaxy. Family was held in very high esteem on Corellia. It was considered, for example, dishonorable to involve innocent family members in a quarrel held with other family members. Uh, they also held great courage in high esteem. You know, it was highly honorable. It deserved outward recognition through traditions such as the famous Corellian bloodstripe. <clears throat> Hans Solo wears one <laughs> on his pants. All right. The color green also seemed to hold a special meaning as it was considered the traditional coloration for wedding gowns Han and Solo for Corellian security. What's that? Han Solo's Corellian? Yes, he is Corellian. I, I never I never considered it, actually. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah. He a lot of the famous characters in Star Wars, like the movies and the books, it's very universe, like Wedge Antilles is Corellian. Okay. Han is Corellian. <laughs> General Nadine, yes, he's Corellian. Hmm. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, go back to color green, yes. Even the Jedi. Who are from Corellia. Okay, if you again, if you played on Corellia, you understand there's no, the Corellia has its own faction of knights that protect the planet. Okay, and they wear green robes. They don't wear the traditional brown sand colors of the Jedi. They wear their own color to distinguish themselves from the other Jedi. Like the Irish. Yes. <laughs> Drinking part we don't know about. <laughs> we'll find it out later. <laughs> Corellia is also, or was originally, a monarchy, but as the millennia passed, the system would adopt a form of constitutional monarchy presently seen within Tor, okay, where they have a prime minister and a council as the primary governing, of the, uh, governing body of the five worlds. Now, we all know the Corellians were known for their prowess with ships. From building them to flying them, Corellians were well-known, well-respected throughout the galaxy for their unique uh, for their unique skills. I mean, they were it. They were top pilots of the galaxy. Dark side note here. I mean, Corellia was also a former slave world of the, of the infant empire, okay, under the Rakata. Now, this is ancient Corellia. In around 30,000 years before the Battle of Yavin, Corellian slaves would help the other races build the Star Forge. Okay, and when the Rakata fell looking to the plague that eventually lost the connection to the Force, the Corellians seized this chance, and they freed themselves in a revolt that occurred around 25,200 years before the Battle of Yavin. Now, I mentioned 25,200 is because that's very crucial, because what happens 200 years later is that the Corellians spent the next two centuries reverse engineering the technology that the Rakata left behind, and what did they develop? If people remember way back when, the Corellians were the first to develop the hyperdrive. A first usable hyperdrive, okay, which allowed them to create a mid a, a mid step tool, so to speak. They called them the hyperspace cannons, and this allowed the Corellians to connect themselves to the other core worlds, such as Coruscant and Duro. Okay, and now with this reinvention of the hyperdrive system, Corellia becomes now one of the very first worlds to tell the other core worlds, "Hey." Why don't we work together in peace? You know, mutual cooperation. We could call ourselves uh, the Republic. 
And there you go. And That's you Corellia in a nutshell. Hopefully you all enjoyed it. Thank There's you a lot more much. out there. Corellia has one of the richest histories of lore in the Star Wars universe, and I highly encourage everyone to go out there and look it up. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Lou. That's uh even I even I learned something that's well it's probably basic knowledge for any Star Wars fan, but I, I did not know it. So so now I have that. What the hassle was Corellian? <laughs> yeah, I, I well I never considered it, but um yeah, I I never knew. I never knew. So um I learned something. Yay. Remember, never tell them the odds. <laughs> <laughs> never tell me the odds. Um, epic video contest. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, <laughs> about all that. Guys, I don't know what's going on. Um, either, either you, uh, don't like our prize or you don't want to make a video, but, uh, we had, we had a couple of entries, uh, nothing, not that they weren't good. They were, they're fine. It's just, we only had a couple of entries. So, <laughs> you know, I'm not judging an epic video contest. Based on only a few, um, our our epic screenshot contest went off uh, without a hitch. It was great. I don't know if you guys don't want to make a video or not. It seemed like you did during the screenshot contest. So I don't know. We're going to extend the, the video contest. If we don't get any more, um, we're just going to go ahead and cancel it and then maybe go with another screenshot contest thing. I don't know. Um, but we want to we want to give you free stuff, man. We got to We want to give you free stuff. So. Um, either write us in with suggestions on a contest or, uh, come up with a video. <laughs> it's kind of where we're at at this point. <laughs> um, again, the prize is a 60 day game time time card. Uh, that's, that's what we are giving away for your epic video. It can be anything, anything at all that you want to, uh, you want to share with us. Maybe that awesome PVP battle, spaceship mission, um, Something uh, for ops. Ops are cool, man. Ops are definitely cool, and people make videos of that all the time. Maybe, uh, maybe you, you strung together a couple of really awesome moves while while fighting some mobs on Corellia or or whatever else you were questing on, and you were you were frapsing it. You know, send us send us you know whatever you got, and uh, we'll take a look at it. If you think it's epic, and you think it's awesome, and you'd like a sixty day game time time card for Swotor. Well, we're we're here. So uh so Swotor Reforged at gmail.com. That is our email and uh get it in by let's see. Sunday. Sunday the thirtieth. Wow, September's almost over, man. I know. That's sad. <laughs> no, it's not sad. It's good. I hate September. Out with the out with it already. God. <laughs> the worst month for me. It stinks. I never like September. When I was a kid, it was back to school. Now that I'm older, it's like it's worth worst month. Ugh. Can't wait for October to start. It's my favorite. All right, so uh, here we are at the bottom of the show. We got our iTunes shoutouts. We're gonna do a little QGN news and some of our final thoughts. So uh, Lou, who was who was happy about our show so much that they said these guys are worth five stars on iTunes? Our five star review, iTunes from America, from. Cena Karth. Awesome. Cena Karth, thank you very much for your five-star review. I, I think she may be related to Karth Onassi. Yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Big KOTOR fan there. There you go. Uh, QGN News. Minecraft, off the record. That records Sunday nights at 7 p.m. 
Planet Side Off the Record, every Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Elder Scrolls Off the Record is Thursday nights at 7 p.m. Diablo Off the Record, Saturdays at 7 as well. The SWOTOR Reforged Holonet records Wednesdays. Not a live show, but it's there for you Wednesday night to download and certainly Thursday morning for your commute on in. We, we got you covered for your your news on tour from Wednesday to Wednesday each week. And the QGN Community Cast records every other Friday at 8 p.m. It's got a bi-weekly schedule. They got one coming up for this Friday, right? The 28th? I believe they do. Sweet. Um, email qgncommunity at gmail.com. That is qgncommunity at gmail.com if you would like to appear on that show. If you have a favorite host from our network, maybe you like Lou. Maybe you like Liz. Maybe you like Dave. Maybe you like Joe. doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you like. Let us know who you like, and if you'd like to appear on that show, and if you'd like to appear on that show with them, then we'll try and set it up for you. This way you can... Uh, Hang out with one of your favorite personalities on QGN. Good stuff. Um, Lou, what's your final thought for this uh, show? We, we certainly did cover cover some some pretty interesting topics. Yeah, we covered a, a breadth of topics. Boy. And, you know, the Dark Council topic with the hmm. cartel pack. You know, let's wait and see. I know there's a lot of uh, mixed emotions right now on the forums because of that. Uh, yeah. One answer that was given. Yeah. A lot of people are fearful, but a lot of people are also hopeful. Yeah, I mean, understandable. Yeah, I mean, Bioware has expressly said they're not going to adopt that free to, that pay-to-win model. It's against their better nature for this game. Yeah. And, you know, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Um, let's wait for it to happen before we actually start, you know, uh, yeah. throwing stuff around. I'm cautiously optimistic regarding mm-hmm. the the uh, the store. And I'm, I'll come right out on and say it. You know, I'm, I am very cautiously optimistic. I think it's going to be awesome, but I'm a little, I'm a little concerned about some of the things that they're saying, to be, to be honest. But what I'm not concerned about is if this thing comes out and there's stuff on there that, that we don't feel should be on there, I am confident that BioWare will listen to what we say and will correct whatever problem that we think exists in this game. And, um, They'll find a way to make money, and they'll find a way to make us happy. So I'm confident about that. Um, so we'll have to wait and see. But I am, I'm extremely excited to see what's going on in that store. I really can't wait for it to come out. I'm really hoping there's some kind of like user interface button in-game um, where you're running around, and uh, I'd like to see consumables, you know, like uh, those like stem packs and... Um, you know, endurance, stims, and, uh, you know, whatnot. Um, so this way, when I'm running through a, a flashpoint or, uh, or a heroic mission, and I run out of my stims, or, you know, I've died, because it's not persistent, obviously, when you die, those stims are not persistent through death, I would like to see stims on the, the, uh, the, the store there, just pop it open via the user interface, and buy it up, and there you go. I would love to see that. Okay, Lou, why don't you take care of the how to reach us? All right, how to reach us. You can reach us at our website, www.swotorreforged.com. S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D.com. Or, hey, you can reach us at our main portal site, which is at www.questgamingnetwork.com. If you want to write in, hey, we also have forums. 
and our forums can be reached at www.questgamingcommunity.com. Register, take part, and the discussion going online. Uh, not only with Tor, but if you like our other shows as well, with Elder Scrolls, Diablo, Minecraft, you name it. Bring something up. We are always there. Come join the community there. We have an email. You can reach us at swotorreforged at gmail.com. S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D at gmail.com. If Twitter's your thing, you can reach the show at swotorreforged. S-W-T-O-R-R-E-F-O-R-G-E-D. Evarwin. You can be reached at Evarwin. E-V-A-R-Y-E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. Hashtag Evarwin-E with a Y. I can reach that GamerGuy11B. That's G-A-M-E-R-G-U-Y-1-1-B. Fred has a Twitter account. Fred, the Dark Lord himself, can be reached at ZipLordCorv. At Sith Lord K O R V. We're on Facebook. We have a presence there as well. You can click the Facebook button on our website at SwotorReports.com to like us and automatically follow any and all of our updates. Swotor Reforged is a Quest Gaming Network production in association with the Middle Earth Network. Good night, everyone. Thank you all for being here. We will see you all again next week. Take care, everyone. Be safe, and may the Force be with you. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Always.